Hello everyone. Welcome to the first ever live episode of Nick's World of Sports. We are live on YouTube today and this is awesome. I finally figured it out. I finally got my webcam up. We're finally back in the studio. I've missed about probably a week of action, which has not been fun. I'll tell you all about that in a moment, but we have some breaking news we got to talk about first, and it's going to be from the world of basketball today. Russell Westbrook is finally gone. Lakers fans no longer have to deal with that headache. Russell Westbrook is on his way to Utah in a three-team deal that also sees D'Angelo Russell go back to Los Angeles after he was unceremoniously traded to Brooklyn a few years ago. He's going to be back. He's going to be playing alongside LeBron and AD. The vision of the front office with D'Angelo Russell, that draft pick, it's finally looking like it's going to come to fruition. And the Los Angeles Lakers, the night after LeBron breaks the all-time scoring record, go out there and make a big splash in the trade market right before the deadline. This is coming about two days after the Kyrie Irving deal where he requested a trade out of Brooklyn where he played about less than a season in combined games with Kevin Durant after suspensions, the whole anti-Semitism stuff. Kyrie Irving is now gone out of Brooklyn. He's been traded to the Mavericks, which is something that came as a surprise to LeBron James. He was pretty devastated. He wanted Kyrie Irving on his team. That's his buddy. And it's a little surprising that the Dallas Mavericks are going to be rocking with two point guards now. They traded Spencer Dinwiddie and a couple of picks back up to Brooklyn. The Nets, that super team will go down as probably the biggest failed super team ever. James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving won one playoff series. That whole team won one fucking playoff series. That's just disgraceful, man. I don't think the Lakers either, getting back to the Lakers here with LeBron, I don't think Kyrie would have necessarily put them over the top in the West. Oh, what am I saying? That's a damn good three-man deal there with him, Anthony Davis. That's a pretty damn good threesome, but I don't know. I just never really liked LeBron and the Lakers' odds in a true season where they actually have to play. There's no Mickey Mouse bubble. I'll get to LeBron in a minute, too. I definitely have a bit of an axe to grind here with it, but... Again, the Lakers, I don't know. This D'Lo move is kind of a sideways move as D'Lo has become someone that's a bit, just a little, overrated, in my opinion. He's not as good as the contract is. He's been someone that's kind of been passed around. Brooklyn traded for him. He was an all-star. He was awesome in Brooklyn. He signs with the Warriors. That doesn't work out. He gets shipped off to Minnesota before the deal barely hits a year. I don't even think he made it a year in Golden State. He's traded out of Golden State to Minnesota he's been kind of in this weird is he a star is he not a star kind of thing which kind of makes him a bit overrated so D'Lo is not really going to be the answer he is a bit of an upgrade however shooting wise over Russell Westbrook which I think is the role that D'Lo will play for the Lakers Russell Westbrook has been nothing short of an embarrassment for the Los Angeles Lakers he looks lost out there he looks terrible he looks like he's playing uninspired ball and this is a guy who's averaged a triple double more than once in his career he's a former mvp all the accolades go on and on for us besides playoff success and recent success he hasn't been good recently what's going on in the mind of russell westbrook as a former athlete myself 
I know there's moments where you're kind of just, there's a confidence issue. That was me my last couple years in college. I had gotten hurt, and then there was a bit of a confidence issue. A lot of stuff off the track, off the field, off the court, it messes with you. I think that's kind of what's going on with Russ. I think a change of scenery will definitely help him, but in the long term, I just don't see a guy like Russ really being the answer for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I think it was a good move. They needed to get rid of him. Do I like the return? Kind of. I think D'Lo's an upgrade, but he's not a superstar that's going to be, oh my God, it's the Miami Big Three all over again. They're all top 15 players, or the Cleveland Big Three. I don't know how a team like that's going to be competing with, you know, the bigger teams. I think Denver is a team that's going to make a good run towards the finals. I really like that, you know, the freaking Suns roster. Kevin Durant might become available now, and if he's available, I expect the Suns to trade the house for Kevin Durant. There's a lot going on in the world of basketball, including stuff surrounding other teams. The New York Knicks are looking to ship off Cam Reddish. There's a bit of a thing with Tom Thibodeau. Is he the answer long-term? Is he not? Is he one of those guys that's kind of just lights a fire under a guy's for a year or two, and then that's it? I really don't know. I don't think the public really knows. I know that he has been open about some of the failures of his guys. The Knicks need to make a move here if they want to be serious, especially with Mitch Robinson missing some time. There's a lot of moves I expect the league to be making, and we'll be having that on standby all week. Speaking of other NBA news, we ha- we can't go any further without mentioning the big accomplishment that happened last night. LeBron James went on and passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all-time lead in points scored in a career. First off, I want to say congratulations to LeBron James. I'm not his biggest supporter by any demographic. If anything, people consider me a little bit of a LeBron hater, and I think that's a that's a fair statement. I'm not a fan, personally, of LeBron James. I don't like the guy off the court. I don't like how he always says and bitches and moans to the media, I'm the greatest to ever play. I'm the best player ever. Look, I love a little confidence, but, but you'll never... Just because you have the all-time scoring record now, and I want to say this to all the LeBron fanboys out there, because I get it, the all-time scoring record is one of basketball's quote-unquote most unbreakable records. And LeBron James just did it 39 years after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar passed Wilt Chamberlain for the most points ever scored. I don't hate that the points record's been broken. It's good to see records be broken, and records are meant to be broken. However, there's a few critiques I have with it, and the LeBron fanboys, you might want to cover your ears for this segment. LeBron James is not the greatest scorer of all time. His longevity helped him pass that, and a few rule changes helped him pass that. One of those big rule changes being back about five or six years ago where they changed the the shot clock rules. Rebounding, an offensive rebound or whatever. Fuck, I don't even know where I'm going there. But if you get an offensive rebound and then follow it up with a possession, it doesn't reset to 24 seconds anymore. It goes back to 14 seconds. Allows for faster pace of play. The quality of defenses across the NBA has gone down drastically. Because all they do now is they just jack up threes. Seven seconds or less has taken over the NBA. Again, it's good for the league with scoring. But a guy like me who grew up watching the two early 2000s, mid-2000s, even some of the early 2010s basketball, where's the defense? 
Wh where the fuck has it gone? Because I don't see defense anymore. I'm sick and tired of Joe Smo just running down the floor, jacking up a three, and then taking the defensive plays off. Guys like James Harden come to mind when I think of that too. LeBron, you can always say, he's a good defender. And he's a good defender, but he's not a great defender. He's never really been a great defender, besides the one year where he got second in DPOI voting to Marcus All. I mean, the last few years, let's be honest, since probably the middle of that Cleveland, his Cleveland stay, after the 2016 finals, his defense has been nothing but bottoming out every year. His teams are always bottom in defense. I mean, it's been a little different with the Lakers, as he has Anthony Davis and the current surge of Thomas Bryant, who's been playing pretty well. And he's a solid defender, Thomas Bryant. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I think he's okay. I don't buy the whole LeBron James is the GOAT all of a sudden just because he has the all-time scoring record. Was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar the GOAT? Ever? I don't think so. I don't think people would have said Kareem's the GOAT at any point in time. I'm a firm believer that Michael Jordan is always going to be the greatest player of all time. Michael Jordan's a better scorer. You, can, you still have to say that. Michael Jordan has the all-time record for points per game in a career. Michael Jordan is the greatest winner in all the sports. I don't care about your Brady's or your Yogi Berra's, Jeter's, Montana's. Keep them. Keep them. Michael Jordan's the greatest winner of all time. The most clutch player of all time. You could say, you know, I'm a bit of an old head kind of thing. I'm not really an old head. I'm 22 years old. I'm a firm believer that Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. He's the greatest athlete of all time. No one impacted the game like Michael Jordan. If he was playing in today's game, he'd still average 30. He'd still be taking his team to the finals. The guy took a year and a half off to play baseball and then came out and won three straight finals. Without any of the retirements and all that stuff, Michael Jordan has the all-time scoring record. Michael Jordan has probably eight or nine rings. I'm going to be honest. That's just how it is. I don't make the rules, everyone. I just enforce them. I'm not going to sit here and bash the dude who has been bashed enough by the media. Ines Cannon Freedom threw down a pretty nice line about him saying all these stats or whatever, and he still has the biggest stat of all as he bows down to the nation of China or the Chinese Communist Party, whatever you want to call it. We don't talk politics here, so I'm not going to get into the whole Ines Cannon Freedom, Freedom thing. LeBron did something that I thought I'd never see in my lifetime. I never thought a major record like that would fall. Across all sports, I don't think I'll ever see, despite Alex Ovechkin's best efforts, I don't think we'll see anyone break any of Wayne Gretzky's records. I like to think, at the moment, the points per game's safe. Although, with the current pace of play and the way shit's going, I think that's going to be broken. And I think that LeBron's record, when he eventually retires, will be broken. I thought the points scored would never be broken. Rebounds and assists in the NBA, I thought those would never be broken, along with technical fouls by Rasheed Wallace. or I think it's Rasheed Wallace. Some, or, or foul doubts or whatever, or career personal fouls. It's either him or I think it's Carl Malone, one of those guys. I'm, I'm definitely blanking real quick. Baseball, I, know, I don't think we'll ever see anyone hit 4,000 hits or ever break the all-time hit record in the MLB. I don't think we'll see Cy Young's wins. Mariano Rivera saves record fall which I did see in my lifetime, the whole saves thing. I saw him pass Trevor Hoffman and Lee Smith. I don't think we'll ever see home, career home runs broken clean. We'll never see a lot of these records. They're the unbreakable records for a reason. But records are meant to be broken, and LeBron proved 
that anything is possible. And the kid from Akron got it done. It just stinks that, personally, I'm not a fan of the guy and he broke the record. It just stinks that someone I don't necessarily have a connection to as a fan broke it. But as a fan of any sports, any sport, I got to tip my cap and be happy for the guy and give credit where credit's due. I I like it. It's good for the sport seeing a guy like that break it. The guy that you're trying to push on everyone as the greatest of all time, he's going out there and breaking the all-time record. You know, that's good for the sport. It's great for the sport, if you're going to ask me. I think this is what the league needs. 100%. And, you know, I'm here for all these unbreakable records being broken. LeBron's currently chasing the all-time assist record. He's fourth all-time, but he's still got a long way to go to pass John Stockton, who I think has two of the most unbreakable records. He's up there with Pete Rose's hits and up there with trying to think of the hockey like Gretzky's records and Jerry Rice's records that that one will never be touched it's just impossible and then again everyone said Kareem's would be impossible Chris Paul has a few solid years hey maybe we're talking about the all-time assist record but I guess we'll let time tell the story and that's really it I have for the NBA I guess we'll be on watch now for 40,000 for LeBron James and that's going to be fun to see that when it eventually happens. It's not an if at, or not an if. It's more of a matter of time at this point as he's waiting for his son, Bronny, to make it to the league before he retires. And I'll be honest, as a guy who kind of is sick and tired of the ESPN always force-feeding us LeBron James, I'm kind of excited to see a league without LeBron. I think it's time for the torch to be passed. And we just saw that with the NFL, which is going to lead us right into our next segment. Tom Brady's officially done. Tom Brady announced this past week that he's retired for good now. He made that announcement via social media. He was on a beach somewhere in Tampa when he made the announcement to the world on his Instagram page. I got a few things to say. The bad man is gone. Someone else gets to win in the NFL. That's awesome. I got to live my whole life And I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, so my life's bad enough with all the pain and suffering. And I had to see this guy, who I never thought was the best passer. I never thought he had the greatest arm. He wasn't the greatest athletically gifted guy. I thought he was coaching that he benefited from. He benefited from situation. But the guy had work ethic. He grinded his ass off, did what was asked of him. He He knew his strengths for the most part. And he got the job done seven times. That's more than any NFL franchise. He's the greatest winner in NFL history. And there's a legitimate argument about the greatest winner and greatness. About who's the greatest across all the four major sports. There's an argument for Tom Brady to be made against Michael Jordan. All sports in general. You can argue in all sports, Michael Jordan's number one. And Tom Brady's 1A, or those two could flip-flop a bit. I stand by Michael Jordan, but Tom Brady is up there in that conversation for sure. No doubt. Michael Jordan belongs in the conversation. I do think that... Excuse me, Tom Brady. Tom Brady belongs in the conversation. You can keep your Messies. You can keep your LeBrons. My favorite guy, Jeter. You can keep Jeter. Keep all of them. Those two are the greatest winners ever. Michael Jordan's the greatest. Tom Brady's 1A. 
The only blemish is on Tom Brady's records are cup are just two 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 or three small things. Maybe four. Deflategate, Manning, Manning, Foles. That's it. The guy is an icon. He was a role model to many. And my Dallas Cowboys got to send his ass into the lonely desert of retirement. Never to be seen again. As a Cowboy fan, that made me so happy. Monday night, I was here in the studio watching the games. And I say a tear of joy kind of rolled down my cheeks when I saw C.D. Lamb walk in for the touchdown. That was the dagger. Put that game even further out of reach. Even with Tom Brady still trying to rally. Your boy was excited. I was excited as hell. And I since I'd say the four magic words, which are, this is our year, I didn't say them. And then the next week, my Cowboys got embarrassed. They lost a game that I thought they should have won against San Fran. The whole, whole game was different after Tony Pollard got hurt. But that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about Tom Brady retiring. We thought the same thing last year. We thought whatever and then it turned out it wasn't a drill tom brady came back and he was seven and nine and lost in the first round of the playoffs to the dallas cowboys a team he never beat or always never always won he always won excuse me i'm stuttering a bit but he always won against the dallas cowboys he always won against all these teams he shouldn't have even won his conference this year his division I think I like the Panthers and the Falcons better than them. I don't know about the Saints because Andy Dalton, the quarterback's kind of, you know, it's Andy Dalton. Same thing with Sam Darnold. But I'm a Mariota guy. And Ritter looked good. He impressed me, Ritter. I, I did not think Desmond Ritter would do anything. And, you know, the Falcons have talent. I think that it's the Falcons' division to win next year. I'll put that out there right now. I will put money on it. It's the, I don't care how good the defense is for Tampa Bay. Unless they get a top-tier quarterback, Tampa. House money. Playing with house money if I go all in on the Atlanta Falcons to win the division next year. I do like Carolina. But I think it's the Falcons' division to lose. That's their that's their division. They're going to run away with it. Next up. Next order of business. Next round of the playoffs. We never talked divisional, and we never talked championship. Why? Your boy had a few things go on with life. I had the flu, and I was under the weather for a while, and I didn't want to disservice my audience by putting out crappy content. That's just not who I am. That's not what this podcast is about. And I'd rather die than put out shit content. Plain and simple. I don't want to put out bad product for my audiences. I don't believe in it. I needed some time. I also had some other real-world stuff going on. Your boy actually has some exciting announcements to make, but we're going to save that for the end of the podcast. Actually, yeah, we'll save it. I have a couple of exciting announcements to make. And, you know, it's worth making these announcements. And I've wanted to make sure everything in my real-life world, or the real world, is taken care of outside of my world of sports. And I want to make sure everything else is taken care of on my end before I go out there and put out more content and... I'm excited to put out more content. This is what I live for. I live for sports content. I live for sports broadcasting. I live for sports journalism. So let's just kind of debrief the playoffs. Divisional round. The New York Giants put up 
an absolute pathetic, uninspired performance against the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm not even mad about it. I expected it. I thought the game would be at least close, but I knew the Giants weren't going further than the divisional round. Let's be real. My pipe dream of a Dallas Cowboy, New York Giant, NFC Championship game would have never happened. Because the Giants didn't have the talent. The star player of the New York Giants is Brian Dable. Brian Dable is the star player. Look, I'm all for a good coach. I think good coaching is very important in the NFL. But your star player can't be your coach if you're going to beat up a team that has the best run game in football, the biggest douchebag coach in the NFL who thinks he's all that, but he's kind of benefiting off of a great system. You have an awesome defense, one of the best front sevens in football and corners and safeties that can match the play of those guys. It just doesn't happen. It's slim to none that they're even going to score. And they did score in garbage time. I went to Miller's Ale House in Comac with a bunch of my friends expecting a good game. That wasn't the case. That was terrible. The place was emptied out midway through the third quarter. I was ashamed to watch that game, and I felt bad for my Giants fan friends. But some of them act like the Giants are the best thing since sliced bread when they're not. The New York Giants will be back for sure. Now they have a lot of questions to answer. Saquon apparently refused an extension offer of $13 million. Is that going to happen? Is Saquon gone? If I'm the Giants, I'm going to be totally honest. There's a running back in this upcoming draft. Bajan Robinson out of Texas. He's going to be good. I don't think he'll be top five right away, but I think he'll be on the level of like, no. I think his ceiling's like a Dalvin Cook type, where he's very good at a lot of things. I think he's going to be very good in the league. Maybe save some money. Draft B. John Robinson. Let the oft-injured, but yet when healthy, plays out of his mind, Saquon, as he finally got another good year under his belt. He had a big bounce back. He's probably going to win Comeback Player of the Year, or he'd be second in voting to another guy that just got eliminated early, Geno Smith. Those two guys are going to be competing for Comeback Player of the Year. I think Saquon had a great year, and then he kind of fizzled out at the end. But it's a running back. Do you want to pay a running back $20 million? Look at the Dallas Cowboys. It hinders them. Danny Jones is going to be paid about $35 to $40 million for some stupid reason. It's like paying Jay Cutler all over again or paying Jared Goff, although Jared Goff had a great year this year, and I'm not going to offend Jared Goff. He also dates supermodels and absolute babes. So... I mean, look at me. I'm talking. I'm single. I don't get babes like that. <laughs> Put it simply. So I shouldn't respect, shouldn't disrespect the Lion King, Jared Goff. Danny Jones has had one really good year under Brian Dable. And I think he's a product of Dable, as a lot of people are now saying Josh Allen might be a product of Brian Dable. And you know what? Fuck it. The quarterback market's not that great. You'd probably have to give up a good haul to get a really good quarterback this year. You're either paying Lamar $45 million per year or some crap like that, and I don't think Lamar's worth it. We'll get into Lamar at some point because I still have an axe to grind with his ass. I think that a guy like... I'm not a fan 
Oh, going out for the Giants trade Derek for Derek Carr. I don't think that's their move. Same with Aaron Rodgers because they're not going to trade him within the NFC. You could go get a Jimmy G, but I don't think they're open to getting a Jimmy G. I think they want Danny Jones. If he reverts back into Danny turnovers, Danny fumbles like he has in the past, and he looks as bad as he did in that playoff game outside of the Richie James drop, which was comedy TV, if I got to be honest. There's one really bad Giants drop per game. It just doesn't escape. It just doesn't. You can't escape it. But that was fucking funny. Danny Jones, a $40 million quarterback? I just don't buy it. Unless it's two years, $40 million per or something like that or it's not fully guaranteed it can be up to 40 million a year for two years then sign me up for it i'm fine i will deal but if it's more than two or three years if let's say it goes into the realm of the prescott deal or the deshaun deal with years and guaranteed money i would say that's a bad move by the new york giants i think there's definitely a better quarterback that's going to be available maybe not this year but danny jones says proven to be serviceable in this league and you know what congratulations awesome year danny jones finally living up to that first round draft status or finally living up to the starting quarterback status of the new york giants moving on let's talk about the jacksonville jaguars who also lost in a divisional round no one expected them to make it this far let alone make it into at least a game for a while they Looked really good for a little bit. There were some key things that cost them the game, including that drop by Christian Kirk, where Trevor Lawrence threw an absolute dime. I know, I think it was Chris Collinsworth said he slightly overthrew it, which maybe, maybe just a little because Christian Kirk had to leave his feet. But that's six if he catches that. Or if not, it's first and goal at the three. That was a good game by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence is going to surprise a lot of people next year. He's my dark horse for MVP in 2024 i just really like what i saw from the jacksonville jaguars and trevor lawrence i should say 2023 to 2024 for mvp not 2024 but trevor lawrence is a dark horse for the mvp i think he's my pick definitely if there was a most improved i would say he is the most improved player in the nfl the jaguars had a cinderella run they won a crap ton of games down the stretch they beat some teams they shouldn't have beat they beat some teams that they 100 percent had to beat they looked really really good the offense the christian kirk contract now looks like a steal or looks legitimate he has 1100 yards he had a, or i think he had a 100 catch season if i'm not mistaken christian kirk had a, a near all pro season what else do you want from christian kirk nothing christian kirk had a really damn good year and i think he deserves to get all the recognition for it christian kirk is going to be a star in the making at this rate travis Etienne is a star in the making unbelievable running back he can do it all zay jones perfect number two or three option evan ingram had a bounce back year and i never thought i'd say evan ingram had a bounce back year granted he's a free agent he might walk but that's a guy they could afford to tag the defense andre cisco had a good year foyer aluacan Florenzo Fadakasi, all the free agents they brought in, they look good. There's rumors they might make a reunion for Jalen Ramsey as well. And sign me up for that. Sign me up. I think there's a couple spots Ramsey could fall. And that's one of the spots I think makes the most sense for me is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'd be very happy to see Ramsey put back on.
the teal and go back into Duval and get it done. I think the Jags are a team. They're going to be contending for the Super Bowl for a few years because they, they say you need the three guys, like, a th like the three tiers of quarterback currently, like a Burrow, an Allen, and a Mahomes. Those are the three guys that are Super Bowl quarterbacks, Super Bowl-level quarterbacks. One of those three you need, and you'll automatically be in the second round or the championship round every year. Trevor Lawrence is that kind of guy. I think we're going to see the same four quarterbacks in the AFC going that far. Don't even entertain me with Justin Herbert as long as that coaching staff's in place. Even with the Kellen Moore hire. As long as Brandon Staley's still there and Dean Spanos owns that team, I cannot take them seriously. I'm sorry. The Chargers, there's some news about them too, speaking of them. They might be cutting Keenan Allen to save some cap room. That makes Keenan Allen one of the hottest free agents instantly like that. I don't care that he's been dealing with some health issues throughout his career. Keenan Allen is an all-pro level talent. He still is a very good wide receiver. I would want. I think every team in the league would be inquiring about Keenan Allen. If he's cut, that is. I don't think they pay him the big contract he's on right now, but if he's cut, ring, ring, hello. Uh, you want to talk about Keenan? Cool. Plain and simple. It pains me to do this. It pains me to talk about the Dallas Cowboys as a fan. But as a sports broadcaster, sports podcaster, it's not my, my honor, but it is my duty to talk about the downfall of the Dallas Cowboys. They had this game won multiple times. Dak Prescott threw a stupid interception. The first one that set up a field goal to make it 3-0. They marched down the field, score a touchdown. Brett Maher still can't find a way through the uprights. Kicks blocked, but it probably would have missed by 10 feet anyways. Dallas is driving towards the end of the half. Looking to get at least three or maybe six. They convert a huge fourth down. They're in well within field goal range. This is where I'd even still bring out Maher. It's inside his, the extra point range. Maher might be able to hit it. Get the kids some confidence before half. What happened next? Got some people calling for Dak Prescott. They got him calling for his job. Dak throws a ball in a double coverage to CeeDee Lamb. He forced it. Popped up by Talanoa Hufunga. And picked off. The play prior? Tony Pollard snaps his shin. On a Jimmy Ward tackle where the dude just threw himself at his legs. Granted, that's just part of football. And I originally, my original thoughts were, oh, that should be taken out of football. That's bullshit. But that's just part of football. At this point, if we take that out, what else is there? How else are you going to bring a guy down? It's just a damn shame that a guy like Tony Pollard goes down. Because without Amari Cooper, that's half the offense. C.D. Lamb and Tony Pollard, that was the offense. The whole year. Dak struggled mightily after coming back from the injury. There's something going on, I think, mentally with some of the reads he's making. He's not getting through his reads correctly. But Dak Prescott is still a guy. I, I ride or die behind Dak Prescott. I will die on the hill that he's a top 10 quarterback in football at worst. I will die on the hill he's the best quarterback in the NFC East. Keep Jalen Hurts. He can't throw the ball. Case in point, look at the NFC Championship game. That was Trent Dilfer levels of bad. Freaking Brad Johnson 
Brooks Bollinger, Mark Sanchez, those kind of guys. Kerry Collins in the Super Bowl. That's how bad Jalen Hurts has looked. At least throwing the ball. Dak played his best game, arguably, of his career the week prior. And then he comes out lays a two-interception egg. There was a play in the third quarter. Two deep routes in the seam. CeeDee Lamb, Grant, he threaded that ball, and CeeDee nearly caught it. However, what bothers me and bothers fans, T.Y. Hilton is wide-ass open. He is literally naked, running free. No one's in the same area code. Dak didn't even look his way. Look, I know Unk isn't the best player anymore. I know Unk's like 34. He's washed or whatever. T.Y. Hilton looked pretty good in his short stay with the Dallas Cowboys when given the ball and when given targets. That's a guy I'd want back as a situational receiver next year. Fuck Noah Brown. I mean, maybe not as a blocker, but fuck Noah Brown getting meaningful passes. Have T.Y. compete for the third wide receiver. Dude look good. And if he scores there, that's the game. Cowboys take the lead. Another thing, the Cowboys are still up at this point. Niners are making their big drive. George Kittle has one of the luckiest catches I've ever seen, but it was awesome concentration. Trayvon Diggs dropped the ball right in his breadbasket. And that doesn't happen often. The ball-hawking corner just dropped the ball. Absolute cinder hands. Just lets it drop. You gotta be fucking kidding me, right? I think God just hates the Dallas Cowboys at this point. I know the jokes about the script writers and everything. I'm not going to buy it until I see anything more besides Arian Foster saying it's scripted because Arian Foster hasn't been relevant in the media f- since he retired, so he's stirring some shit. I think I I kind of laugh a bit when they say he's script, and I think it's funny, but let's be real. There's no script. There's obviously teams the NFL likes, and there's owners they like better. I know Jerry Jones and... Roger Goodell don't really get along. And by that logic, I understand why the Cowboys don't win. However, Trayvon Diggs catches that ball. The Dallas Cowboys march into the link, and it's a whole different game. Granted, we don't have Tony Pollard, and I think it's it's game over regardless. The Dallas Cowboys lose in the NFC Championship game because they don't have their offense unless the defense shows up. There's some positive takeaway, but a lot of negative. Tony Pollard hurt, breaks his fibula, basically snapped his leg. Dak didn't look good at all. He looked like Zach Wilson in moments out there. He also had some pretty good balls, though. The second half, he threw some really nice balls to CD Lamb, paused, but he looked good for a little while. He made some good throws. It wasn't like it's all bad. He let a big touchdown drive to Dalton Schultz. He showed some balls when he needed to, and he fought to the end, besides that last play call. The Dallas Cowboys have some needs to address this offseason. One of them was already addressed. There's a clear culture problem with Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy coexisting. Kellen Moore walks as a result. I would have preferred McCarthy personally, but I'll be real. I'm going to be honest here. It's time for a change at the OC position. Kellen Moore at times looks like the greatest football mind of all time, and then other times he's getting outcoached by guys that probably have no right out coaching. No disrespect to D'Amico Ryans. But Kellen Moore, who's hailed as a mastermind, hasn't gotten a team with some of the best weapons in football 
Ezekiel, he had an offense of, at, at, this is just at one point in time. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Cole Beasley slash Randall Cobb, C.D. Lamb, I said, Amari, Michael Gallup. That offensive line, which is the greatest offensive line assembled in the 2010s, or one of the greatest, I should say, eight or nine things in his favor. Every year, one of the number one ranked offenses, this, that. He just couldn't make the right play calls in big games. And it's obvious there's a problem as he overstayed his welcome and Dak hasn't really progressed. I don't think Mike McCarthy is the greatest play call in the league, but I think he'll get more out of Dak. He got the most out of Aaron Rodgers, and he helped Rodgers develop into a legitimate quarterback. One of the best to ever play in a game. Maybe Mike rubbed some of his magic off, and it works. Kellen Moore was there the really bad year, the first bad year of Mike McCarthy, where Dak got hurt, and Andy Dalton was playing quarterback. He's been there before... Mike McCarthy. That was the only guy Mike McCarthy kept. There was obvious reasons behind it. I think, you know, sometimes you got to make a choice between the quarterback and the coach. That was a decision that could have went either way for the Cowboys, but let's be real. There's no upgrading at the quarterback position, realistically. Because what? You're going to cut Dak, take all that pay, that hard cap money, and sign Lamar? And that's a downgrade at the position, personally. From my perspective, that's a downgrade. Go trade for Aaron Rodgers. Good luck. Derek Carr. Don't even start. Don't even fucking start with that. I'm not, I'm not hearing it. I don't buy it. Unless it's Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, any of those four or five guys. I'm not interested. One bit. Dak's the quarterback of this team until he can't play quarterback anymore. I'm buying into another year or two of Dak Prescott at the quarterback position for the Dallas Cowboys. They got to make some moves. Go sign Odell or trade for DeAndre Hopkins and Jalen Ramsey. Bring in Deron Payne. And we'll talk. Then we'll talk. Excuse me if I'm looking over there. My dog's over there. I'm missing one team from the divisional round. That's the Buffalo Bills. They laid an egg. They got outplayed in the snow, at home, in Highmark Stadium, where everyone thought they were going to be unbeatable. Josh Allen doesn't lose at home. I could have told you they were fraudulent after watching them nearly lose to Skylar fucking Thompson in the, the first round. The DeMar Hamlin magic had to run out at some point. Unfortunate. Joe Burrow and the Bengals got the best of them. And I said all year that was the worst matchup for any team in the playoffs was the Cincinnati Bengals because who's guarding those weapons? And that's an underrated defense too. Who's guarding those weapons? Obviously no one could guard them. Jamar was getting active early and often. He scored the first touchdown of the game. Hayden Hurst scored. Joe Mixon scored. Although he's probably going to go to jail. Might have been his last touchdown in the NFL. That dude needs to figure out his life. He's the fine God right now. They just, Joe Burrow and the Bengals looked ready. 
Refund the damn tickets, baby. Buffalo. Good luck this offseason. Stephon Diggs may be unhappy there. I know he's a longtime fan of the Dallas Cowboys. But that's a pipe dream. And he's probably not going anywhere, but good luck. Looks like a drama about to occur at Highmark Stadium in its final act before they move to the new one. Moving on. Championship rounds. The 49ers. Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. It was a damn shame, too, because I hate the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think they're frauds, at least offensively. The Niners held them for as long as they can. First series, Brock Purdy tears his UCL. Can't throw the ball. They bring in Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson's not an NFL quarterback. Josh Johnson ain't getting the job done. No. No, not for one second. The game was over right there. Then Josh Johnson get hurt. Okay, Christian McCaffrey's the emergency? Or Kyle Juszczyk? What the hell? One of them's got to play quarterback in the NFC Championship game? Didn't happen. Brock Purdy goes out there, plays with his torn UCL. Game's over. Philly marches to the Super Bowl in one of the most Mickey Mouse marches ever. Softest schedule, but then again, you play who you play. They played the Giants, who had no real shot. That was a make-a-wish kid basically playing in the champion in the divisional round and then the championship round they don't even get the best of the Niners sucks to suck I think the Cowboys would have been a better matchup but crying over spilt milk here unfortunately for the second or third time in my lifetime the Philadelphia Eagles will be playing in the Super Bowl who will they face <sighs> the Kansas City Chiefs I wanted the Bengals I would have loved to have seen Joe Burrow go against Jalen Hurts. But Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of the league, and he's done everything he can since he lost Tyreek Hill, and that team looks dynamite. Isaiah Pacheco, story of the year as the rookie of the year, as the story of the year of the Kansas City Chiefs offense. The kid went from seventh-round pick out of Rutgers to star running back. Kudos. Travis Kelsey continues to be Travis Kelsey. They didn't necessarily upgrade the wide receiver position. They added Juju and MVS and Kadarius Toney. Just some weapons. More weapons at Mahomes' disposal. Andy Reid's a genius. The Andy Reid Bowl is going to be taking place in Scottsdale, Arizona this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Bengals should have won that game. The refs kind of helped the Chiefs get there, I think, just a little bit. That penalty at the end of the game really really stings for that kid i feel bad for him that was i think it was osai having a career game that all of a sudden becomes the goat of the game the billy goat i think mahomes got a little bit of acting lessons from neymar and lebron james before this one flopping like a fish but he did touch him as he's going out of bounds it was the right call after a little bit of looking it over because at first i was like no way that was a bs call they got hoed they got sold no, it was the right call. My prediction. I have the Kansas City Chiefs winning this one. Plain and simple. I will not buy a Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl win. I don't believe in it. Not for one second. I think there's a better NFC representative. Not the Eagles. Not the Cowboys. Not the Vikings. Not the Giants. But the 49ers who were robbed of this. 
But it is what it is. Can't cry over spilt milk, baby. I have Kansas City winning by a touchdown in this one. Patrick Mahomes brings home another title to KCMO. And Nick Sirianni goes home and cries a river while listening to Justin Timberlake on the flight home. I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. That's pretty much going to wrap up our show today, for the most part. At least the football segment. We're going to talk very briefly about baseball. Spring training's right around the corner. And it's an exciting time. And all my friends in the sports gambling world are excited to bet baseball. This season, I'm going to introduce you to BetStamp. BetStamp is like the Google flights of all sports gambling. You use this site. You link all your gambling pro- accounts from anything from DraftKings to FanDuel to Bet365, 365, PointsBet, BetRivers, all that stuff. You can link it all there in a one app, and you can compare odds against each other, like flights, basically. You get the best odds. You can see which app has the best odds, all that stuff. And for a limited time, get some bonuses as well for signing up. Use my promo code, NickSip. N-I-C-K-C-I-P when signing up, and you'll get all the bonuses that come with all the promotions. It's an exciting new app, and I am very happy to say that they are sponsored myself. I am an ambassador for them. I am happy to say that I'm here sponsoring them. I'm here putting them onto the world. This is one of the fastest-growing sports gambling companies in the world, and if you're interested in it and you want to get the best odds out of anywhere, make sure to check it out and use promo code NICKSIP when signing up. Awesome stuff. Baseball season's going to be a lot of fun getting to compare that. And baseball season's going to be very exciting this year. We still have our Astros fans kind of just denying the whole cheating things. They finally won a pure World Series and they don't know how to act. Or pure, as we'll say right now. A lot of movement this offseason with a lot of superstars. A lot of drama coming into this season. And I'm excited. I can't wait for baseball to start. I'm like itching for it. I need baseball. You got any more than baseball? Get more of that baseball for me? I need it. Inject it into my damn blood. I want the freaking MLB back tomorrow. It's just what I need. I need my fix. I'm excited, to say the least. We'll do a World Series pick episode after the Super Bowl. The Monday following it, we'll do it. Some exciting things I got to announce to everyone. I'm interviewing for a lot of positions with other jobs. That's why I've been kind of pushing this to the side a bit as well as my health. As you can tell, I'm now an ambassador for BetStamp, which is very exciting. Very, very exciting. And yeah, I'm also interviewing for a lot of things. I have some positions that have been offered to me in the sports industry and i can't wait to get started on that i'm gonna be writing a lot of stuff i've been working for access baseball still and it's gonna be a fun fun time and i'll be keeping you guys updated every step of the way i want to thank everyone for tuning into our first live stream episode it's been a lot of fun being behind the mic again And I'll leave it at that. Super Bowl, my pick right now. If if you don't hear from me right now, Kansas City Moneyline, 
Isaiah Pacheco anytime. Mahomes over in passing touchdowns. Kelsey anytime. Miles Sanders touchdown. Bingo. If you want to hear some other picks, any of the absolute obscene things, things that don't really matter towards the game, the coin flip, it's going to be tails. It will 100% be tails. And Rihanna's going to come out, and the first song is going to be... I'm going to go with the wild card here. The first song is going to be Disturbia. It's not going to be any of the other ones. It's that one. I have a gut feeling behind it. Very good odds on that, too, if it hits on, I think, FanDuel. I think I saw that. Make sure to get your picks in. Thank you for tuning in. I'm very happy for this. I'm happy to be live. RIP Tom Brady. Peace. Woo!